from a decentralized location. This is the crypto effect. Hello everyone, welcome back to the crypto effect. Today is March 16th. Uh, it's around 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm here with Warble, uh, aka Warren, or the other way around, you might say. Um, and so we've got a few topics to talk about today. You know, we hit uh, all-time highs with Bitcoin. Uh, what was it, last Friday, was it, Warren? Uh, yeah, Friday. It was last Friday. So we hit, yeah, we hit all-time high with Bitcoin, which was pretty exciting stuff. Um, if you saw my last video, I, I talked about on my charts that uh, we were probably looking at a little bit of a pullback, which we did see over the weekend. Um, Bitcoin falling back down to the 53, 52 range, I think. Uh, with it coming back up uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, and then we've got a lot of other topics to talk about with uh, Cardano um, being put on Coinbase Pro, uh, which is pretty cool. I do have some uh, Cardano myself, uh, some NFTs, um, especially with the Kings of Leon releasing a new album there. Um, and a few other things that we'll get started on. So yeah, why don't we just get going? Uh, what would you like to talk about first, Warren? You want to talk about Kings of Leon? Yeah, so um, just wanted to talk a little bit about that just because, you know, uh, as everybody well knows, the NFT space is just completely exploding and um, we've seen more and more people diving into it. But when you see things like um, music groups um, that have been around for some time, like the Kings of Leon, um, putting their album into an NFT, uh, it should catch your attention because I think this is a model that you're going to see more and more of um, as more media companies get involved in the space. I mean, it's only inevitable that you know, we're going to see more and more uh, music. We've already seen tons of art being put up, some of it being questionable art even. Um, looks like a lot of it's like Nintendo art. Um, but uh, there are some really cool things out there, though. We, uh, last last show, we looked at uh, Beeple putting his art up that ended up, I think, selling for uh, $60 million. Um, and somebody in the crypto space actually bought it at that price, um, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, but yeah, so music groups putting their their albums into NFTs, I think, is, is really just the start of it. And with the Kings of Leon doing this, um, I, you're sure to see more and more artists that are going to be doing it, but it's cool because it takes out, you know, that traditional um, walled garden, you know, you had the um, music publishing companies, um, you know, sort of like through a lot of D, uh, DMC or what, it, what is it, DMA or whatever on digital rights management on it. And uh-huh. when you start to throw it into uh into NFTs, it becomes a, a different story because you kind of break away from that a little bit. Um, so again, you know, I think we're going to see more of this and I think it's pretty cool to see uh, traditional um, artists doing this. Yeah, it's, um, I, I don't recall, I don't know if they're, are they the first album to actually do an NFT release? Uh, I want to say there was another artist that did it, um, but I don't think that there was I don't think that the artists had the stature of uh, the Kings of Leon, um, you know, the, being that they were a, uh, they're quite a, a pretty popular group and, and for them to start this, um, yeah, I don't, 
I think the other artist that did it was uh, way less popular. Um, and I don't recall who it was. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're the first. Way less popular. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at Coindesk. Uh, Kings of Leon to release new album as NFT. For those who don't know, non-fungible non -fungible token. Yes. <laughs> um, album as an NFT with tokenized tickets for super fans. So it sounds like, I don't even know if this is going to be uh, available to purchase for everyone. Do we even have a price on this? I didn't, I don't recall seeing a price on it. Um, but it, it's kind of interesting because if you think about it, like not only could music be up there, but you know, that makes me think that, you know, you could put sporting tickets up there. Um, you could put, I mean, anything that you can think of really could be go, could go into an NFT. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, um, you know, uh, NFT is basically like, uh, think of it as an address, uh, for your purchase, right? So when you, when you purchase a digital asset, whether it be music, um, art, you know, you can make it, you can make it software, um, just about anything. Um, it's a, it's like a permanent address on the blockchain. So, uh, it, it kind of gives like that, that digital asset, like, a a returnable home, you might say, you know, a, a place of, of original existence, I think is probably a word you could use for it. So like, let's say you lost that digital asset, uh, you could go back to the creator or, you know, um, whoever placed that digital asset on that particular address on the blockchain and say, I no longer have it. Uh, can you resend me? Um, and they can confirm that you're the address owner and, and they could resend it out. So, it's, I mean, it's an interesting concept when talking about, you know, releasing items for, for purchase. And I think what really makes NFTs great and why, people, why it's taking off the way it is, is because, um, because that asset or that digital asset now has an address, um, the creator can get, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Commission. Commission, um, which is probably one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen in the digital space. I think commission is a big driver of this because now that you're the creator and it belongs to this address, um, anyone who tries to resell it on the blockchain, they have to give you a commission. If you want, you don't have to set a commission, but they have to give you a commission um, in order to resell it. That's huge. Yeah, and the other thing that I was I was um, I wanted to clarify too is that uh, so there's that that non fungible piece of that, and when something is fungible, it can be exchanged one one to one. So mm -hmm. a dollar is fungible, right? So if I have a dollar bill, it's not unique. Um, that dollar bill, if I give you a dollar bill, you'll gladly give me back another dollar bill. It's not it's not like me holding a dollar bill is something that's unique. Um, whereas non-fungible is a truly unique asset. So it has a fingerprint. It has something that is truly unique and it's hashed and it's placed on the blockchain. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's that, that argument where, you know, if, if you've got a picture, if you've got a JPEG or a, a PNG file that's on there and it's a non-fungible piece of artwork, Mm -hmm. um, why don't I just copy it? Right. So right. that, that seems to be the biggest argument for people. They're like, well, what, I don't get it though. Cause I can just copy this. Well, you could, yeah, that does, that's true. 
Um, but the one thing that you can't copy is you can't copy the actual fingerprint. You can't copy proof of ownership. Right. And um, I think that's the that's the fungible versus non-fungible piece of this. Right. And uh, that that's a good distinction to make is when you start to talk about something being non-fungible, it's mm -hmm. truly unique. Right. Well, I mean, it's like um, it's like when the collectors when they when they buy those collector um, pictures of uh, you know a baseball player uh, with his uh, you know. Um, signature on it and you're like well yeah but i could copy the poster you know right and just put it up there even though it's not his real signature but it comes with that certificate now a certificate used to be an authenticated piece of paper but yep. now the certificate is the nft so well, that's the authentication of it yeah and you can also think of it this way like let's say that i have a signed baseball card right mm -hmm my signed baseball card actually has it it was i had that with me i brought it to the about to the baseball park and um you know alex rodriguez signed that card and the pen mark the pen is on the card um sure you can take a picture of it all day but you don't have the pen you don't have the pen ink on there on your card right you have a picture of it right. um and i so i actually have that you know, in my possession. And so I, I kind of look at that as that is a that is a non fungible thing, you can't really duplicate that. And I think that's the piece that makes these so special is the fact that they are non fungible truly. Right. Yeah, so it looks like um, they're going to be releasing uh, as three different types of tokens. The first a special album package, second offering live show perks and the third containing exclusive audiovisual art. So there's only gonna be three of these, which is probably what makes it, gonna make it so valuable. And they are the first band to launch a new album in the blockchain-based format. Um, so they're also minting 18 golden tickets, uh, just like what you're talking about with releasing tickets, uh, but these front row tickets uh, to the concert for uh, you know their NFT release concert, it looks like. So yeah, they're gonna get, um, these front row tickets, which the, again, the NFT is the digital footprint of the ownership of the ticket. So yeah, that's interesting concept on, on the different ways these are being used. And it's becoming more and more popular between, um, you know, like, I don't want to say celebrities, but, but um, just, I think about a day back, I heard that uh, uh, Elon Musk was, um, <clears throat> was yeah. going to take a, a, uh, a song or music or and make that into an NFT. Yep. And it's already, it already has over uh over a million dollar bid, I think, on it. So 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 I mean, some of the prices are just getting ridiculous here. It is getting, it is getting. I remember um you brought NFTs to my attention first, like a almost a year, I think a year ago or around a year ago. Yeah, I think we started talking about it then. And you know, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, and I was ready to get started. Uh I wanted to make money in the NFT world, but here in the, the last like two months, it is going crazy. I mean, everyone wants a piece of this NFT now. Um, so I kind of feel like maybe I missed out on the chance to get ahead of it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept. I definitely uh, like it. And if you're a creator of any type, especially like a art creator, uh, this there is absolutely no reason not to get in this space.
Now, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that it's, do you think it's in a bubble? Um, no, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of a hard question to know. I, I think it's, uh, you know, like when the internet was first born, um, everybody rushed to the space. Everybody was creating websites. People were spending billion, not billions, back then it was probably millions, tens of millions of dollars. If you created some buddy dud website and you were claiming it was gonna be this and that, uh, you know, there were investors looking to get ahead as fast as they could and they were, they were spending millions. Um, and a lot of those went to the wayside within a year. So this kind of reminds me of that. There's a lot of people rushing into space. They want to get their arts up, things like that. I think there are going to be some front runners who are going to kind of lead the space. Every time they release a new piece of art, it's going to be the talk. It's going to be the most popular. It's going to be what everyone wants to try to imitate. Um, but there's going to be a lot of people who get in it who aren't going to be successful. Uh, right. So. <clears throat> You know, I think I think it's probably going to, you know, uh, there's going to be some leaders in the space, but I don't think it's in a bubble. I think it's going to continue to grow. Some of the prices that we're seeing this early on are a little high. Uh, they'll probably slow down. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it is continuation, though. I think it's going to grow big. Yeah, um, I, I want to share my screen just for a second, yeah. Brad. Um, I, I did want to point out a couple of projects that you may want to keep your eye on, actually. Some of the things that uh, um, I'm currently watching here. Um, so this is in the NFT space. And um, uh, I really found out about these by uh, the Moonwalker, which I follow and recommend. He's, he's always making good calls. Mm -hmm. um, so this project um, that I've got here is uh, called Chain Guardians. And um, the interesting thing about it is that they are, they're introducing, they're, they're gamifying NFTs and uh, they have this concept of their NFTs being based on or you purchase NFTs and then you can play these uh, role-playing games uh -huh. and you can also mine these NFTs. Yeah. So just like you would stake another coin or something along those lines, you can actually stake your NFTs, which is, um, which is pretty neat. Um, but you can see here, here's this concept of NFT mining and um, they even have a marketplace here where you can jump in and you can purchase yeah. off of OpenSea, you can actually purchase these cards. Mm -hmm. And each of these cards have um, programmed into them special attributes, um, which, which help you win battles. And as, as part of that, you gain points and you get more NFTs. Yeah. Um, the other project I wanted to mention is something called Eternity. And Eternity is interesting because it's sort of the same thing, except that they're, they're sort of throwing these airdrops into the mix. And so you can see by holding Eternity, you can be eligible for these specific uh, airdrops for NFTs. Um, so a couple projects I think are, are gonna be well worth looking at in the future. Um, and some of these are really cool looking too. Um, really neat looking art and you can actually farm um, you you basically farm what are called stones under this platform which is coming soon but you farm stones and then you're eligible for uh, upcoming airdrops and also points um, and to get different collections of nfts hmm. so uh, some of these projects are doing some some pretty uh, interesting things with nfts 
Yeah, I think what they're doing with the space is very interesting. I think it's going to grow, especially when you're talking about like the gaming stuff where you can purchase an NFT and it somehow advances you and your game. I mean, you know, we kind of saw that with Fortnite um, where digital skins were of value. Um, it, it didn't make any sense, but, you know, it's a now it's a billion-dollar market. I know it's, the game's a billion up, but people spend money on these digital assets of, you know, that don't do anything. They just enhance or they just look cool, um, and it's worth a lot of money. And, and I kind of see NFT as, as kind of the same thing. People are spending so much money on digital assets just to hack. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, All right, well, yeah, the NFT market is definitely really interesting. Since we're on the NFT market, we might as well jump over um, to the uh, recent hacker uh, who was trying to sell cybersecurity export exploits in the NFT market. Um, he actually did this on OpenSea. Um, and basically what this is is he uh, packaged, you know, just like we were saying, it doesn't have to be just art. You can package uh, software. Um, but he basically packaged a software exploit called the Zero Day Collection. Um, this was, I believe, a DDS, uh, DDoS attack? It was, yeah. It was a DDoS attack, yep. So, a yeah, distributed. a DDoS attack in an NFT. He posted it on OpenSea. Um, and it was geared towards a particular game, I believe, Quake 3 or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, it was. Yeah, and so this, this uh, he was trying to sell this as, uh, you know, an NFT on, on the OpenSea. And, and uh, OpenSea, of course, um, not wanting to be exposed to black market type scenarios, uh, removed it. Um, but I think he just opened up a can of worms. He did. <laughs> And and actually, you know, that that was why I thought it was worth talking about this, um, because traditionally exploits, you know, have been sold, as people probably well know, but exploits have been traditionally sold on the um, on the dark web. And, you know, hacking groups have traditionally, you know, they're, they're very exclusive uh, forums and you know, to, to get access, to even be able to buy these, you have to be, you have to be well vetted and be able to be um, uh, let into these forums. They're like speakeasies, but on the dark web. And uh, a lot of these, a lot of these were purchased and sold, you know, in that location. But what I found interesting about this is that somebody had the, had the audacity um, to, to actually package and sell this mm -hmm. on, uh, on a non-dark web, um, in a non-dark web venue. And, and I believe I could be mistaken, but I'm, I'm fairly certain somebody did, um, did purchase it. Um, but, uh, but as you had said, OpenSea take, took it down, I think a day after it was listed. Um, yeah. but it kind of makes you wonder, um, how many more, you know, of these things are being exchanged and they're just not, they're, they're not brought to light. I mean, there could right. be a lot more of these things being sold because the reality is you can embed um, pretty much anything in uh, NFTs. And if you think about it, you've got things like stenography um, mm -hmm. where I, you know, I can, I can embed anything I want in an image 
And um, in that, that image could contain the exploit code, but I'm selling an NFT and you look at it and you say, oh, this is really cool art. Um, or it's an 8-bit person, um, but really I don't care about the art. I'm, I'm interested in the code. I'm, I'm interested in some way to, to, to share that code without having to be monitored on the dark web. Right. And I'm not sure, you know, this is an interesting concept. This is actually the first time I've ever heard of someone using an exploit uh, for a gaming server as an NFT. This is the first time I've heard of it, but you know, I knew I've known about um, exploits being sold on the dark web, deep web, whatever you want, maybe even just online, um, you know, for a long time, you know, a lot of people, that's how a lot of people get their hands on these. It's not always just the hacker. The hacker usually sells his code uh, to someone who wants to utilize it. Now, once the, the code is out of his hands, um, that, you know, the, the person who bought it can do whatever they want with it. They can use it for good. They can use it for bad, uh, whatever, whatever. But with the NFT, um, you know, it, for one, it's trackable. So it does kind of put, you know, a, a little bit of a target on that person. Um, but now they can sell it on, you know, it's, it's no longer Silk Road, you know, you can sell it on the NFT market, which is pretty interesting. And then not only that, but then the, uh, uh, I don't want to say not necessarily hacker, but the programmer can now get, you know, um, I forgot the word again. Commissions. Oh, commissions. Yeah. <laughs> you can now com get commission. Now that's the, again, going back to that, that's the biggest draw. What hacker wouldn't want to put an exploit up and get commissions on every time that that's that piece of code is sold i mean that's a you know that can make tons of money so i think um this is going to open up a new realm and i'm curious to see how these nft markets tackle this i, I really think in this particular case um <clears throat> just just my my hunch on it is that i think this this particular um hacker uh it, it may not have even been his code it could have been gotten right. gotten from somebody else right. um but my suspicion here is he was doing it for um for attention or maybe even even as a proof of concept or you know uh, making a point that you know listen this isn't just for art um and so my i guess my thing that with that is is i think um i think this is going to be and I, you made an interesting point on that brad is that i think the fact that these are tracked um they're entirely trackable um, I, which is why I go back to saying, I think this was more of a, um, I'm making a point that I can, I can exchange, not just these goofy art pieces, but I can exchange legitimate computer code, um, in an NFT as well. Right. Well, it's an inter interesting concept. Uh, I'd definitely be on the lookout in the future for how this is going to go and how they're going to be able to monitor this, uh, especially with the NFT market just blowing up. Uh, like it has been, but yeah, interesting. Uh, actually, I was reading this article and I, I don't remember even seeing how they caught it. I don't know if you know. Um, I didn't, I didn't actually catch that either. Um, I don't know if it was reported, um, you know, by the person that actually bought it um, or if it was reported by, you know, possibly uh, another user on OpenSea. Hmm. Yeah. See, one uh, exploit uh, had a value of over $2 million that was sold in the underground marketplace. So these things already go for high, high rates. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I could, I'm definitely gonna 
you're probably going to be hearing about people trying to take advantage of that. Right. I'm just curious if he has to pay short-term capital gains on that sale. <laughs> sale. <laughs> Maybe he can use it to, to bail himself out. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting uh, little side note there for sure. Um, what do you want to talk about? So we got, uh, so we talked about the hacker. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about uh, the fraud charges from our good antivirus, John McAfee? Yeah, the, the brilliant uh, Mr. McAfee um, has the best antivirus yeah. software in the United States. You know what, if you if you didn't trust an antivirus software company before, you know, I think McAfee just probably ruined his name forever because, uh, you know, he's he's got this article that just came out. I'll go ahead and share my screen again. I should probably just kept sharing. But um, and now John McAfee, the creator of McAfee Antivirus, indicted by the DOJ on money laundering fraud charges for boosting ICOs, um, specifically with crypto projects. So he's been boosting crypto projects um, while, but he was getting paid to boost them. They weren't necessarily um, probably actual projects. I'm not, I, I'll let you probably talk more detail about what the projects are if you know. Yeah, I mean, there were, I mean, I, I remember, um, gosh, I remember him doing this, um, you know, back a couple years ago. Um, I, in fact, I, I was following him for a little while just because I found him humorous. Um, a lot of times he would post the most ridiculous stuff. Um, but I do remember him shilling multiple projects. Um, and, you know, unfortunately a lot of people bought into it, you know, they, they, they kind of took his word on everything. And, uh, I think in a lot of cases, uh, people did spend a lot of money on, on these coins, but, what, what ended up happening nine times out of 10 for most of these mm -hmm. is they went to zero and they went to zero really fast. Um, wow. And and so the, the thing about this that bothers me and it, and it continues to bother me even now is we have so many influencers uh, online um, and, you know, you and I both know, I mean, we, we know some influencers. We you and I talk about them constantly and there's a, there's a few that I follow there's a few you follow and and I'm not alluding to the fact that you know all influencers are are bad but I do think that there's if you if you have over a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand Twitter followers um, you know use a little bit of common sense and at least tell people you know if you have some sort of vested interest in what it is that you're trying to show um, yeah. And I think a lot of times what, what John McAfee would do is he, you know, he would jump in and he would say, I'm, I'm playing a role as one of the board members. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then people would say, Ooh, well, if he, if he's, if he has the capacity to, to run a, uh, a multi-billion dollar company, you know, McAfee software, then he certainly should be able to help, you know, this, this new and upcoming project right. um, get off, off the ground floor. And, Unfortunately, people bought into that. And again, it was just that influence. And, and so I think it's, I think he, he's, I'm, I'm glad to see this. I mean, and, and, I, and there's probably a lot of McAfee fans out there that are gonna hate that statement, but uh, I think he, he's getting what he deserves in this case. Yeah, this is, this is no good. You know, acting like you're part of a project, boosting the project, thinking that the, you know, McAfee's backing them but in all reality, not only is he not part of the project, but he's getting paid 
by the project to just say these things. I mean, that's huge, just, um, you know, uh, but I guess, you know. And he turns around and dumps, you know, and I can almost guarantee you that he turned around and he dumped um, <clears throat> if he was holding any of the of these specific ICOs, you know, you can almost guarantee that oh, yeah. he turned around and dumped it on people that he was selling it or, you know, selling oh, yeah. his gospel to. Yeah, he was in, the, you know, from what it looks like, he, he knew what he was doing. I mean, it says it right down here. Um, you know, McAfee team members, including Watson, collectively earned more than 11 million in undisclosed compensation that they took steps to affirmatively hide from ICO investors. So they knew that they were trying to hide the fact that they were not invested in it and getting paid by the project. Yep. No good. And it's uh, happened with other celebrities, other people with high influence. And uh, I think it's gonna continue to happen, unfortunately. Uh, I, I think another another celebrity that I recall uh, getting into, into trouble with this was Steven Seagal back in 2017 um go figure since that was when all the icos just popped up mm -hmm. um but steven seagal was part of a project and I'm, there's no way i'm going to remember the name of it that's how bad it was um and <laughs> sorry I, I just can't i can't resist saying stuff like that um but you know he he got himself into a lot of trouble for that as well um and again it's just there's going to be more of it there's just there's no doubt that there will be more celebrities shilling um coins you know that's just the way it goes yeah i was trying to look it up i, don't, I actually don't it, does, it doesn't say anything i can see of what it was but like i said it was forgettable oh wait yeah he was also involved in a crypto scheme oh wow huh well they made me talk about that one next week <laughs> yeah i think it was like karate chop coin or something like that oh god all right. Well, yeah, I will not be purchasing any McAfee uh, products uh, ever, uh, to be perfectly honest. I didn't like them in the first place. Um, yeah. All right. Well, moving on, uh, you know, I, I guess what uh, do you want to talk about the Cardano project? Yeah, absolutely. I'll let you so, read this one. Yeah, this is actually really exciting news. Cardano, uh, uh, well, I probably I don't, I don't know if I should say Cardano, but uh, Coinbase Pro has just announced that they will be putting Cardano up for sale on their pro version um, of the exchange platform. Apparently it's gonna come out on pro first. Uh, and yeah. then after it comes out of pro within a, you know, I think a few weeks or a month, uh, they'll release it on the regular Coinbase platform uh, that a lot of the beginner exchange, uh, beginner exchange or traders are on. So. Um, this is super exciting news because Cardano has been one of the biggest, uh, you know, tokens, especially as far as market cap, almost coming up, uh, what is it, with Ethereum um, over the last, you know, few months uh, or year or so. Um, really huge project, really exciting project. Uh, I am uh, staked in Cardano. I've been buying Cardano for a while, so I'm really excited about this. But this is actually probably going to just make the coin that much more valuable. Yeah, Cardano, Cardano has a really, um, you know, it, it is a really solid project. Um, it's funny because you have people that love it and you have people that absolutely don't really like it at all. Um, but I think I think it's a solid project. Um, and um, I was just looking to see, uh, you know, where it sits in terms of um, of trading volume. And 
where it currently sits in trading volume looks to be about uh, nine trillion, I'm sorry, nine billion, 753 million in the last 24 hours. Yeah, nearly um, five billion. That's huge, dude. It, it is absolutely huge. And um, just looking here at the uh, circulating supply um, versus the uh, to versus the max supply, mm -hmm. um, we're probably about 14, uh, 14 million, it looks like, actually 14 billion, it looks, yeah, 14 billion away from max supply right now. And we've got a circulating supply of 31,948,000,000. Um, okay, yeah, because it, it says circulating supply 31.9 billion, market cap 39.6 billion i mean i guess it's at a dollar a little over a dollar so that makes sense but um yeah what was the max supply uh the max supply is going it sits at 45 billion so wow wow it's so near it's what that uh, means is this is almost out they're they're almost running out right the, there will be at some point, you know, um, in the near future, not not that near of a future, but in, in some point in the future, you're going to hit that uh, max supply, which means obviously no new Cardano entering, um, which will make things interesting from a uh, price perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember I started buying Cardano, I, I think it was back in late December or January, because I got it in the 20 something cents. Um, but, you know, I started accumulating and I don't have that much, but, you know, it, it ran all the way up from back in December, 15 cents now up to $1.24. Uh, you know, it, this, it had a run up right here where it hit like $1.40, $1.50 max. Um, yeah, you could have. On, huh? oh, oh, sorry. On, on January 2nd of this year, um, January 1st, 2nd, you could have gotten Cardano for about 17 cents. Yeah. That's just wild. That's so, that's just crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, back in January, it was uh, around 17 cents. Now at $1.24, just within the last 24 hours, though, after the announcement came out, uh, it did jump up. It's at 20% now, but actually got into like the dollar forties, I think, or high thirties. Um, so I'm pretty excited about what this is going to do for Cardano. I think it's going to bring a lot more exposure uh, to the token. Um, they also have a, uh, uh, you know, a, um, a wallet that you can download. Which wallet do you have? Do you have um, I'm using Daedalus, yeah. Yeah, so they uh, also have a new wallet. Uh, I don't know if it's new, but a wallet you can download to your computer. Um, you can import all the Cardano into your wallet, and you can um, uh, mint tokens. So. Yeah. That's a, a really cool project. And the project is about to, it's like 92% uh, almost fully decentralized. So, uh, you know, it, they're calling it the Ethereum competitor, Ethereum killer. I don't know which one, but um, they are kind of in a, in a race together of, of who can come out with the, the better project first, you might say, I guess. Um, yeah. And one um, thing I did want to add in there when we're talking, since we're talking about, uh, the fact that Coinbase is um, is listing this on on Coinbase Pro, yeah. I really, you know, I, I really got to say I'm I'm extremely impressed by everything that Coinbase um, has done within the past 
you know, three, four years. Um, Coinbase has, has really come a long ways. Um, and if you've had a chance to, um, to look at their series one um, listing um, since they are planning to, uh, to IPO, and I believe it's gonna be a direct listing, um, I highly recommend taking a look at that. And if you are invested in, you know, the traditional finance world, um, it is worth uh, at least taking a, a serious look at uh, Coinbase. Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think those are going to be one of my interests too, because Coinbase is, you know, anyone who goes to look to buy um, crypto for the first time, Coinbase seems to be the one that people migrate to right off the bat. So. Yep. It's a big platform. It's a big exchange. Um, I, you know, I feel very confident in them. I'm, I'm very happy to keep my bank and my money with them. So uh, it's a great platform, uh, pretty secure. So definitely when the IPO comes out, it's going to be an interest of mine. Yeah, um, Brian Armstrong, the, the Coinbase CEO, has stated in the past, you know, one of our goals is to, to try to help crypto adoption. And yeah with what Coinbase has done, and I, and I don't know about you, Brad, but I can, I'm speaking for myself here, is that anytime I have somebody that, that, is, that has not never invested in crypto, mm -hmm. um, one of the first things I say is, you know what, maybe take a look at Coinbase. That's a great place to start. Um, and I, I can tell you right now, if anybody, if people are listening to this, they're probably saying, oh, I can't stand Coinbase. Um, well, because they look at it and it gets a lot, it gets a bad name because of the fees and so on and so forth. But you can't argue with the fact that Coinbase has done a great job on onboarding um, yeah. people that have no technical skill. They don't understand it. It's very simple for people to get involved. It's the ease of use platform. I mean, for the experienced crypto trader, it's kind of like it's too generic. I want to be able to control this and this is too high and then you don't have this token. And so, you know, you, you grow out of it over time if you get highly involved in the space. Now, yep. when you're not highly involved in the space, it's literally direct deposit. Here's the coins you can buy. And here must it, how, you know, here's how much do you want to spend per token? Yep. You know? um, and not only that, but they give you tons of free crypto if you sign up. And they encourage learning, you know, they encourage they have people a, a to learn. Platform. Yeah, they have their own learning platform that teaches you. So it's like, it's everything you kind of need to get started in one. So it just, yep. it only makes sense. It does. And, and again, I, th I think it's worth mentioning that because I think it just gets glossed over a lot of times. Yeah. No. So yeah, keep an eye out for uh, Cardano. I think there's gonna be really, there's gonna be a lot of cool things happening with that project. Yeah, I really like the project. Um, like I said, I'm I'm invested in it. But with this news, I, I I'm tempted. I'm tempted to get a little. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll probably wait and see what it comes down to, and just kind of hang out for a little bit. But yeah, that's it's exciting to know that they're because uh, you know once you get listed to a place like Coinbase, that's kind of like you're that's the that's a big step for a token. So. And another thing, another part of that with Coinbase is people that you know are afraid. Um, they're afraid of the volatility. They're afraid of, you know, putting their money in, in sketchy places. Um, if they want exposure to Cardano, they, they have no excuse not to have exposure to Cardano. Um, right. It's, you can't really put your money in a, in a better place um, in crypto than probably putting it on Coinbase. Um, these guys hold 
billions of dollars for institutional investors. Um, so I'm sure they can handle, um, you know, an investment from uh, somebody in that's just wanting to put a hundred dollars in. All right. Well, you know, uh, Warren, that's all I have for us. So anything that you want to talk about, you can uh, take up the last five minutes if you want. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things. Uh, one, I did want to mention um, in the past day, and in fact, it's still happening, um, not necessarily still being actively exploited, but um, there has been a uh, compromise on DNS uh, across a couple of big name uh, decentralized finance platforms, um, cream.finance and um, PancakeSwap mm -hmm. um, within the past day. And in fact, um, I'll pull up something here in just a second to illustrate and show you guys, but um, their DNS was compromised um, by a third party. And what, so what that really means is if you were navigating to either uh, PancakeSwap or cream.finance, um, the attackers were rerouting the traffic um, in parts of the site to, uh, to collect people's seed phrases from MetaMask. And, um, and unfortunately, people did fall for this. Um, so what would happen in, in a scenario is, is I would go to PancakeSwap um, and everything looked normal. Um, I would click to connect MetaMask. And my MetaMask would pop up like it usually does, except that what it would say is, please input your seed phrase. Wow. Um, and people were thinking, oh, well, okay, this is, you know, not knowing any better. And they would put their seed phrase in and bang, all their, their wallet was cleaned. It was completely drained. Wow. Um, so if you think about it, I mean, somebody could be sitting there with $5 in their MetaMask wallet. And, and keep in mind, because of the way MetaMask works, this is every token you have there. Um, or somebody could be sitting there with $200,000 in their MetaMask wallet. Yep. And as soon as they put that passphrase in, it's gone. Um, it's gone. Yep, exactly. Uh, so the attackers then had the seed phrase and they could just import the seed phrase into their own MetaMask, MetaMask. And, yep. and, and drain the wallet. Um, so very, very uh, dangerous. And obviously, uh, the attackers are getting more sophisticated. Um, but I did want to point out that um, what is happening here, and I'll, and I'll share my screen just for a second, um, so you can see what this looks like still. Yep. So, so what we're seeing now is we're seeing if you do attempt to go out to um, PancakeSwap, at least the last I knew, um, you're going to be presented with something like this. Um, and this is a, this is really a um, more of a precautionary measure um, from MetaMask in that, um, obviously not going to read this whole thing, but it's essentially saying, you know, this domain was listed at one point in time or is listed on our warning list. Um, so, you know, be very careful here. You do have the option to, to continue at your own risk. Yeah. Um, but prior to this, obviously, MetaMask was unaware of the issue, and um, and people were actually going through, not realizing it, and and having their their funds completely stolen. So I'm very unfortunate. Um, and uh, both sites since then have, uh, for the most part, have gained control of their DNS. Um, yeah, that's you know really we, what you can take away from this is there. There's two safety warnings here. There's uh, two big things you can keep 
uh, from someone hacking your account or not necessarily hacking your account, but you just handing over your funds. One is never put your seed phrase into your computer unless you are absolutely 100% confident it's the software um, that you're using, you know, um, and for one, really, you, you should only have to do this once unless mm -hmm. you're reinstalling your computer or reinstalling the, the software onto a new computer or to a new device. You should not have to re-enter this or unless you've forgotten your password, of course. Uh, and the other thing is don't just, you know, send funds to random addresses. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And, and as Brad said, you know, there, there is not one project that, and I can tell you this with 100% certainty, there is not one project that's legitimate that is ever going to ask you for your seed phrase. Right. Um, so if there is ever a time when you're on a, on one of these sites and it asks you to input your seed phrase, absolutely leave. They're, they're not legitimate. Um, they never need that. And it's something that if you do provide your seed phrase, um, you will be, uh, you you will absolutely lose every bit of your crypto. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you install your, your wallet or, you know, whatever that seed phrase is used for onto a new computer, let's say you put that software onto a new computer, MetaMask or whatever it is, um, in order to get that your account that has the money in it you know, back onto that a computer, you have to use a seed phrase, not just the password. So you have to put that seed phrase back into the uh, wallet. And, and that's how they import your account back in. Yeah. Um, you know, your computer should never just be randomly asking you for a seed phrase. No, never. Um, and it, it's unfortunate people fall for it. But uh, yeah. the only other thing I have um, that I wanted to close out with, and it is, um, it's under my, uh, crypto gear and products section. Mm -hmm. um, I did want to mention that um, there is a new book that was just released actually, and it is on Amazon now. Um, it is by a company called BitMEX Research, and um, it's an interesting book. Uh, I'm going to pull up again just so you can see it. Uh, I'm going to share my screen here. Um, it is called the Block Size War, um, the battle, battle over who controls Bitcoin's protocol rules. Um, and I found this interesting because one, BitMEX Research writes fantastic, um, fantastic articles and research. Um, but also, uh, this is a great book to take you back to or take you back through the historical look at um, you know, some of the battles that have occurred between Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, some of the forks that have happened with Bitcoin. And it also takes you back through sort of the, um, uh, for lack of a better word, um, you know, the, the community, the, um, the culture of, um, of what they call big blockers and versus the regular Bitcoin block size. Um, so, I was, um, I'm planning to pick this book up. I think it's, uh, it's definitely going to be something people want to put on their bookshelf. Yeah. Looks interesting. Yeah. I'll have to take a look at that one. I've still got a couple other Bitcoin books I need to read too. <laughs> yeah. I got a couple too. <laughs> so, um, so all that's, right. I think that's all I've got for this week, Brad. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all I have. 
Um, well, thank everyone for listening. Uh, let us know in the comments below what you want to talk about or what you want to hear about next week. Uh, we'll be sure to put it in the video. And other than that, leave a like, subscribe, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you, guys. Thanks.